Hello and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Thursday and this is the 22nd week after Pentecost. This week we will make our way through all of the readings that are assigned for the coming weekend. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many, in various ways, by the prophets. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by a son. The Holy Gospel, according to St. Luke, beginning today at verse 1. Jesus looked up and saw rich people putting their gifts into the treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in all she had to live on. We will not hear this story in this Sunday morning. It's a break also from the theme about the end of the age that we usually meditate on as we come to the end of the church year. But it is a story that comes right before this week's gospel reading, and it does set the stage for that reading by telling us that we are in the temple, on the temple grounds, and and we've noticed the the wealth and, 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 and beauty of this place. I do find this story to be beautiful, comforting, and at the same time worrisome. It is beautiful to me because the widow's simple and extreme generosity reveals the beauty of the kingdom of God hidden in the most unlikely place. People who have noticed her would have noticed her poverty. People might have even pitied her or pitied her for her feeble attempt at giving, pitied her for her poverty. And, and yet, she gives everything that she has. Of course, that's also what worries me. If she has put in everything she has to live on, if she's put all of that into the treasury, then how is she going to live? Is this in some way the end for her? 
Instead of noticing her generosity, which is proportionately greater than any other offering, Jesus maybe should have stopped her and told her to keep it? After all, if it's all that she had to live on, there were other gifts, and God certainly didn't need these two copper coins. She should probably keep them for herself. But then again, which do you think is worse? Allowing this poor widow to give her last two cents, or preventing someone from giving generously in faith and love? Think about it. So often we hear that poor people or people on fixed incomes or financially distressed people lack the capacity to give of their money. That they shouldn't be thinking about giving, they should be thinking about putting their own life in order or caring for their own selves. And and yet, isn't that just another patronizing way of icing poor people out of the blessing of community, the blessing that comes from being a member, a full member within a fellowship, the blessing that comes in giving and receiving. We have a lot to learn about the kingdom of heaven by keeping an eye out for the generosity of the poorest. This widow's generous giving demonstrates to all that she too is a child of God, a full partner in this community. And if anyone is truly worried about her or wondering about her well-being, And they should also realize that they are themselves under an obligation to care for her, to protect and defend her. The prophets, the law, they all speak about welcoming and caring for the widow and the orphan, the most vulnerable in this society, but by giving her gift at the same time, she confidently and independently steps out in her faith and takes her place among God's faithful people. By giving her gifts, she steps out in faith that God will not let her be ashamed, but by God's grace she will be saved. And that salvation will and must take the form of God's people acting for her in love. Like the widow of Zarephath, who gives the last bit of her flour and oil and a cake to the prophet Elijah, this woman could have spent her last two cents on a morsel of bread and then sat down to die. But instead, she she gave it away. And instead, I like to think, she multiplied that gift that came back to her in the love of God's people who finally provided for her. And that is the comfort that I find in this passage. Because I cannot believe that Jesus would have let her just give and go on her way without seeing to it that she was brought under the love and care of the disciple community. Not only does Jesus notice and see what no one else sees, but Jesus also responds to faith with faithfulness. True to God's word, Jesus not only sees this woman and her generosity, but answers her prayer. Because just like Zacchaeus, she too is a child, a daughter of Abraham. So I wonder today how God might be leading us to be generous with all we have. How can we continue to give in good faith as part of the fellowship of God's kingdom in Jesus Christ? How can we make giving such a part of our life that we would understand why a widow would put her last two cents into the treasury because her faith was so strong? You never know. We might 
find a sign of God's kingdom hidden in plain sight today, or right here within us, in the last place that we would ever look for it. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, and you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, the communion of faith within your church and for the gift of relationships with others. For who else, for what else are we thankful this morning? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all of your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, and especially the people, the ministries, the leaders of St. Paul's Lutheran Church. For those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, and for all who strive to save this earth from carelessness and destruction. For who else? For what else do we pray today? We give thanks to you, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have protected us through the night from all harm and danger. We ask that you would also protect us today from sin and all evil, so that our life and our actions may please you. Into your hands we commend ourselves, our bodies, our souls, and all that is ours. Let your holy angels be with us, so that the wicked foe may have no power over us. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Thanks be to God.